I want to assure the people of Canada that your Prime Minister drove a hard bargain, uh, as did our President, uh, but uh, uh, we believed it could be a win-win-win. That is the voice of Vice President uh, Mike Pence who was in Ottawa today, and normally this would be absolute front-page news. And then, of course, the Raptors have stolen everyone's thunder. Uh, But there were some pretty significant things discussed in Ottawa today. Pence, of course, making a very strong statement about China uh, detaining two Canadians. And he categorically stated that trade talks with China will be linked to these two detained Canadians. And he also said that uh, President Trump will be bringing this issue up in uh, the upcoming G20 when he and Mr. Trudeau meet there and likely have a little chitter-chat with uh, officials from China. They talked Huawei. Specifically, you know, was Canada pressured to refuse the 5G network? But I think overall Pence was pretty complimentary, as you heard, to the Trudeau government over getting the deal done. I'm not really sure what we're calling it, though. Is it USMCA, UMSCAR, or NAFTA? Trudeau was calling it NAFTA, and Pence was calling it the other name, which I don't really like. Uh, but either way, the Democrats do not like this deal as it is. And Pence and Trudeau need this deal to be done ASAP. I want to bring in Cindy Togham Cherniak to this conversation, international trade lawyer, been very, very busy with a Lesage boutique uh, firm. Hello there. Hi, Alex. What was your uh, initial, I mean, Pence was quite uh, complimentary to Trudeau, saying that he was, uh, you know, did a lot of heavy lifting, drove a hard bargain. Was he being gracious, or is this deal as good as we, we are being told? Well, the deal isn't as necessarily as good as we're being told. However, um, there were a lot, lot of harsh words that were said, and I think one of the main things of Vice President Pence was trying to do was mend some fences. And so in coming to Canada, he wanted to put the trade relationship back on track. And uh, one of the steps in that process is to get uh, NAFTA 2.0 passed both in Canada and the United States. Yeah. And so, you know, he's here to kind of smooth things over. And then we've got our prime minister who's playing domestic politics, bringing up issues like abortion, which I thought was a very foolish thing to do because it's very political here and it's being done for political gain. But it comes at the risk of offending our neighbor and in a time when we haven't even ratified this thing? Well, it was unnecessary to bring up the abortion issue. While it's an important issue, Vice uh, President uh, you know, Pence is not the right person to discuss that with because it's going to be falling on deaf ears. Mm-hmm. We made a lot of friends during the NAFTA uh, negotiations in state governors and state representatives and state senators they are the people to go back to and speak to on that issue, and they're going to make a difference, not um, Mr. Pence. I want to play you a statement that he made today because he was asked by many of the uh, journalists, what about China? And this is what Mr. Pence said. The United States has spoken out strongly about uh, uh, the arrest and detention of two Canadian citizens in China, but just know that we stand with you uh, for... uh, the security of uh, of our country and yours and for the interests of our citizens. What is the significance of this? Um, you know, I think it's one of the strongest statements we've heard out of a U.S. official, top official outside of Mr. Trump. But what, what's your um, your take on this? 
It's a very, very important statement because we have two Canadians detained in China, in jail, in horrible conditions. So Michael um, Kovrig and, and Michael um, Sapfor, they, they need the help of the United States as well as Canadians. They need everyone speaking for them so that they can get released. And we really do need uh, President Trump making the comments that he's been they have said today he will make at the G20 meeting to um, President Xi of, of China. And it's very important, and it's so amazing and wonderful that he's actually come out and said, okay, we're, we're going to do what we can to help these two Canadians, and I, and I hope he lives up to it. And I, and I hope that they work very hard to get um, the two Canadians uh, released from these uh, terrible conditions that they're in, because they, they shouldn't be in the position that they're in right now. They're caught um, in uh, the Huawei um, and U.S.-China uh, trade war. Yeah, and and Pence essentially said that they will tie future trade talks uh, with China to these men. That's a pretty powerful tool. It is, and, and I hope that they do it, and I hope that they really do make this a priority because, we, you know, the, Canada is caught in the middle, and these two individuals are caught in the middle. Um, I would have liked him to say, listen, if uh, Ms. Meng needs to go back to China so that these two individuals can get released, Canada can let her leave mm-hmm. um, the country, and they'll find another way to deal with their issue with Huawei. Um, I would, you know, I would really like to hear that happen so that these two gentlemen, these two Canadians, um, do get released because they're in a horrible situation. Well, they are, uh, and we are absolutely powerless. I think China's made it very clear that Canada is uh, no bother to them. They don't care. They're dealing with the, the United States, and certainly the United States carries all the power here. The other area having to do with China was, of course, Huawei, and whether or not uh, any of the trade negotiations or anything moving forward would be contingent on Canada saying no to Huawei. The United States has made it very clear, certainly with Mr. Trump in the last week or so, uh, you know, declaring them a, a national security risk. Um, And Trudeau said, look, politics will not play uh, in this issue of our deciding. How can it not? I mean, Huawei is such a security risk, but how can it not play a role in any kind of trade discussions or deals that we're doing with uh, our, our partner? Well, it will, it will be an issue in any discussions that Canada has with China about a trade deal, which we're not having those discussions right now. The U.S. is having um, discussions with China to solve the U.S.-China uh, trade war. So I really don't see how talking about what Canada will or will not do vis-a-vis Huawei is helpful to the discussion for Canada. Our real focus is, is getting uh, Michael and Michael uh, released in China and I don't think that Canada should be talking about whether or not we'll uh, continue um, any discussions with Huawei regarding the 5G network. That can be a discussion that can take place only after um, the Canadians are released. Yeah, well, let's hope that soon, because I know that we are under uh, quite a bit of pressure from, from America to, to decide and say no to this thing. Um, but getting back to, to the deal itself, um, it is not signed. In fact, I don't even know what we're calling it. Trudeau was calling it NAFTA today, and, and uh, Pence was calling it their their side of the deal. So whatever we're going to be naming this thing in the end, it's still not ratified. And the Democrats have made it clear they don't like this deal. So do you get the sense that it's going to be pushed through? Or will, will this mean Trudeau's got to go down to Washington and do a bit more maneuvering? Well, NAFTA... 2.0 has been signed. So it was signed last year. The process that both Canada, the United States, and Mexico as well are in is the ratification process. So actually yesterday, Canada tabled uh, Bill C-100 so that the process starts in, in Canada to ratify the NAFTA 2.0, which we call the COSMA. 
and uh, you know, we, we do have our process because we've got a majority government. It probably can go through according to a faster timetable than what is normal. Uh, but the United States could very well have changes, so it might become NAFTA 2.2. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the Democrats uh, are, are concerned about environmental protection, uh, some labor standard issues, and really that there's no enforcement when it comes to Me- Mexico on, on, on these dispute issues. Is, is that the case? Those are the main issues that are coming out. I'm sure that they're going to come up with a few other things that they want to um, alter. And the question will be whether or not um, Trump will agree to those changes and whether or not those changes will result in a new agreement having to be signed. And if a new agreement has to be signed, um, will our ratification process have been valid or do we have to start over again? And, and that's a really interesting issue from a dynamic perspective. But it looks as though the Democrats are going to say, wait a second, we want major changes. Either Trump has to agree or not agree, and, and we'll be on the sidelines watching that process while our process is, is, is going through in Ottawa. Okay, but how does it go through on one side and not the other? Well, Canada has tried to um, address that by tabling a motion earlier this week, and in that motion, it allows Bill C-100 to go through the process as normal, so it will go first, second, and third reading in the House and then go over to the Senate for first, second, and third reading. But they passed this motion so that uh, the Cabinet... Mm-hmm. can make any changes that result from whatever Congress wants. So that means whoever forms the government, whether it be the Liberals pre-election or maybe even the Conservatives post-election, it would be Cabinet that would decide whether or not NAFTA 2.2 becomes a reality or does not become a reality. Oh, interesting. Okay, because our house sits for, I think, like another week or so, and then it's done. They've got an enormous amount of work to get pushed through, um, you know, before everything breaks, and then we go into a full-on election mode. Um, And and so you're suggesting, could this end up not going anywhere until after the election? Well, the the bill that is the Implementation Act, because in Canada, no trade agreement becomes law in Canada until it is passed into law by way of an Implementation Act. So all the changes that need to take place to Canadian laws to implement our agreement are contained in Bill C-100, which is the Implementation Act. What the, the government also did, so the Liberal government also did this week, is they passed a motion so that any changes will not not go through the parliamentary process anymore um, for this particular uh, trade agreement and its implementation. Those changes can be done by cabinet rather than going through parliament and the Senate, which is what's normal for changes in the law. And so that that's you know, I think the Liberals are make, you know, setting themselves up that maybe this might even be an election issue, uh, that if you don't want NAFTA to be passed, then you, it would, you would vote Conservative. Mm-hmm. If you want um, NAFTA to be passed, and these are probably going to be progressive changes, I actually think the Liberals are thinking they can argue don't vote for the NDP, vote for the Liberals, because, you know, at least having a minority Liberal government, they'll be able to get NAFTA 2.2 um, into law in Canada. Interesting. All right. So what, what should we be watching for then in the next, uh, I guess, uh, weeks moving forward? 
Well, it's really watching to see what Congress does and what changes may or may not happen in the United States. And it could very well be it gets stalled in the United States and the Democrats are going to wait until next year in the election um, to possibly uh, bring about even additional changes to NAFTA 2.0. So it's really interesting to watch the dynamics in the United States. Normally the president has trade promotion authority and anything that they negotiate will get passed. President Trump didn't have this uh, trade promotion authority, and that allows um, the Democrats plus the Democratic-controlled um, Congress to say, we're not, we're not going to take the steps to ratify this agreement in, in the United States unless you make, the, make these additional changes. And then the Democrats are going to be able to say, Trump isn't the best negotiator, we are. Yeah, well, there you go. Thank God we got those tariffs off. Oh my goodness, it's, it's, it's so good that we've got that trade issue. And the autos issue is yeah. resolved by way of the side agreements. And they're in effect regardless of whether or not NAFTA 2.0 is getting passed. So um, we are lucky that the number of the tough trade issues have been resolved by the, you know, the nego- renegotiation of NAFTA and the agreement to lift the tariffs. And now President Trump can turn his focus to Japan to Europe for trade agreements and also China for the trade war and North Korea and Iran for sanctions. And we're no longer um, his focus. Uh, he's, he's done uh, because he's renegotiated the worst trade deal yeah. that's ever been negotiated. And we probably, he won't want to reopen NAFTA because it's now the best trade deal <laughs> negotiated because he did it. Yeah, right. It's the best deal ever. Best All, right. Ever. <laughs> All right. It's Cindy. a win-win-win and, and a win for him as well. Of so course. Everyone wins. wins. All right. Well, stay tuned. Everything changes uh, in a matter of minutes in, in this day and age. All right, Cindy, thanks so much. Enjoy the game tonight. You too. Bye-bye. Cindy Targum-Cherniak joining us on Point on Global News Radio.